The responses came pouring in as the power of social media communication became clear this week, and might I say, a good way for once. It started with one little question. It was thrown out by a character from Sesame Street. Just a simple question by someone my kids loved as their furry red friend growing up watching Sesame Street. Elmo has always been known as the stuffed puppet who cares, but something happened this week. Elmo threw out a question. How is everybody doing? The floodgates opened with responses on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, threads, and as of noon yesterday, 180 million responses just on X, the former Twitter. People were pouring their hearts out for everything they were facing. Some responses ho-hum, others touching. With millions obviously needing a listening ear, it led me to ponder how all the world needs to know Jesus. But in the case of Jesus, he hears, he also answers. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. Here it is Friday. And we're in a series called The Presence of Jesus. And I'm joined again by our new president and the host of Haven Today, David Wolin. Welcome back with me. Thanks, Charles. It's been a really great week. So encouraging to have had Johnny Erickson Tata on the air with us. What a precious sister in Christ. Such an encourager. She has so much joy that it's just infectious. And that is no exaggeration, David. Johnny is an encourager. I'll even use the word extraordinaire. And despite all the suffering and challenges she has faced in her life, the presence of Christ has been her comforter and also her strength. Any Christian who ends up in the hospital for any length of time, that is their kingdom territory. And the captain of our salvation has marching orders for us. And it it is all about making Christ real to the people you encounter. That's the way we practice the presence of God. We look at a rose, and we just don't admire um, how uh, it was pruned or shaped or its color. We just don't focus on the rose. We look at that rose and say to it, oh my goodness, little rose, look at how you reflect the glory of your creator. Look at the colors he designed into you. Look at the beauty he invested in you that I might give him praise and glory for this special moment. Look at you, Rose. You, you are a part of the glory of God. I mean, this is, you might think it's silly. This is the way I think. This is the way I talk. It's the way I live. And David and Charles, it gives me such pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Christian's joy is a sense that somehow they have made it their ambition to be pleasing to God, and in return, they sense that pleasure. And that's the basis for our Christian joy. It really is. Well, if you were looking for a synopsis of what we've been talking about all this week, Johnny just summed it up right there for us. And in a moment, we're going to turn to God's Word to think about what joy really is and how we can only find true joy in Jesus. And before we do that, we need to remind you about the brand new book that's full of joy that Johnny wrote. It's called The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. And we have it for your gift, our thank you for your support of Haven Today. David and I have been enjoying this book, and we've found it so helpful to 
better understand God's nearness to his people. So after the program, please visit our website where you can listen or watch the full interview we did with Johnny. That's right. We've got it on video as well. And when you're there, you can make your gift to support Haven and request the practice of the presence of Jesus. All of that at haventoday.org. Again, that's haventoday.org. Or you can call us after the program at 1-800-65-HAVEN. That's 865-HAVEN. And let's get this program started with The Joy of the Lord, The Rend Collective. Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you. the dead of night, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. Though the waters rise, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you, Lord. church.
In the darkness, I'll dance. In the shadows, I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That was Ren Collective, The Joy of the Lord, Campfire, Volume 2. And that sounded like a campfire, didn't it, Charles? Well, I feel like I was sitting around a campfire singing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. A, a Christian. Could I even use the word jig? I'm no musician, David, like you are, but a jig, maybe? Yeah, I'd, I'd go with jig. There's a lot of joy in that song, and it sure fits, Charles. Can you tell it's Friday? We want to talk about joy today, but not just any joy. And I think our music needs to reflect that as well. Yes. When we meet with Jesus through his word, through prayer, even through an upbeat Wren Collective tune, our lives are changed. And we've talked about this all week long. We realize our sinfulness, but we also receive Christ's wonderful grace. And when we're in our moments of suffering, like all those People, millions, millions, responding to a little question by somebody somewhere in New York City, probably, who's going by the name of Elmo. But when we do that as Christians, Jesus comforts us. He gives us hope that's real, that lasts. But there's more that I think we need to think about. When we meet up with Jesus and experience his presence, there is joy to be found. If you went out on the street and you were to ask everyday people to just describe the Lord, what words might they use? Well, you may hear things like strict or overbearing. God is demanding. You might even meet some Christian believers, and perhaps they might even say he's holy or loving. But what about the word joy? Ever considered that we have a joyful God? Well, before we talk about our joy... We should reflect on God's joy. He was pleased in his work of creation. That's something joyful. When he looked out and he saw the seas, the mountains, plants, animals, and above all humanity that he created, he said that it was very good. And he delighted in his work of creation. In fact, the heavens rejoiced. What about Jesus? Well, of course, we know him as a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. It was a difficult life for our Savior when he was on this earth. It was a life met with deep suffering. But at the same time, he still was filled with joy. In John 15, Jesus spoke of his joy. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He certainly knew about joy. And Jesus was filled with joy in doing his Father's will. Well, I think it's pretty safe to say we have a joyful God, and he wants us to experience his joy as well. But that's not all. God not only rejoices in what he does, he rejoices in his people. You, me, don't believe me? Turn to Zephaniah 3.17. That book was written in the years leading up to the Babylonian exile, no doubt a very low point in the history of Israel. They would soon face judgment for their repeated disobedience against the Lord. But that wasn't the end of the story. The Lord would use this time of judgment to refine his people and to then lead them back to himself. And after many words of judgment prophesied, here's the twist that comes out of Zephaniah. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He'll take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. 
but will rejoice over you with singing. Our God delights in us and rejoices over us with singing. In fact, even in Hebrews, we're told that Jesus in heaven today sings over his people. What a stunning thought. I'm sure somebody listening right now is thinking, I've thought of myself. Why would God delight in me? I'm a sinner. I sin against God, against my spouse and children, sometimes even against the driver that's right in front of me. How can God say this of me? Well, that's the good news of the gospel. It's transforming. It takes a sinner like me and you and makes us sons and daughters of God. And in us, he takes great delight, joy. Talking about the rejoicing of our Savior has already sowed seeds of joy in my heart today, David, but I know you have something more to say, too, I'm sure. Charles, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those seeds of joy, beholding Jesus, that's that's something pastors sometimes experience as we preach or even prepare a message, but it's something that any Christian digging deep into God's Word can encounter for themselves. It's a it's a moment of unexpected fellowship, a sudden nearness of the Lord Jesus as the eyes of your heart are focusing on Him. It's a kind of joy that is uniquely Christian. It's a gift of the Spirit sharing with us just a taste of His joy, pure, undiluted worship. And this joy of the Lord comes to us only in and through Christ, because it's not our joy. It's his. But here's the thing. True worship is more than a feeling to be sought or an emotion to be drummed up. Jesus said as much to the Samaritan woman in John 4. He said, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So the worship the Lord desires actually commands from us. He says worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Jesus gives us two characteristics of that worship which go together. One, in the spirit. Two, in truth. Well, the Holy Spirit was coming. Jesus was going to send the Spirit after his resurrection. But what kind of truth was Jesus talking about? Well, we're hearing this from John's gospel, so let's get clarification from John's gospel. It's in chapter 14. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus himself is truth. And every word spoken by the one who is truth Every one of those words is truth as well. Jesus prays in John 17 saying, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So we worship the Lord in the spirit he's poured out on us and in conformity to the truth revealed in Jesus through the word of God. And that's where it all in concert together, the joy of the Lord meets us. This is something that happens not on our terms. It's on his terms. And speaking of joy in worship, let me just share a few verses from Psalm 149. This is one of those last five hallelujah psalms. They're psalms that begin and end with the Hebrew word hallelujah, or as English translations often put it, praise the Lord. That's what hallelujah means. Let me start in verse one. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. 
his praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Sion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. How many times did you just hear the words rejoice or joy over and over? It's not one-sided. God's people rejoice. God delights in them. His people rejoice again. This is what you and I were made for. Doesn't your heart long to worship God like that? But here's the thing. Joy is not an emotionally felt constant day-to-day in our lives this side of heaven, is it? That's certainly been my experience. I've been through some really dark valleys. More than one treacherous passage has the Lord led me and my family into and out of. But in those moments, darkness can feel so heavy, so crushing. You just can't feel the nearness of Jesus sometimes, and you're tempted to despair. Well, so much in this life is out of our control. Sickness, disability, all kinds of loss, bereavement, grief, not to mention depression, anxiety, shame, isolation, loneliness. It's a long list, but no matter the details, if you're thinking right now, he's talking about where I'm at. Well, let God's word counsel you. All affliction is temporary and momentary. Nothing comes to you outside the sovereign care of a loving Savior. So whatever suffering you experience, even if it threatens to engulf you, it's still a taste, only a taste of what Jesus suffered in your place. And these trials are common to all believers. And God's promises hold true for those in Christ. No exceptions, not even you. Let's hear what the Apostle Peter has to say in chapter 4 of 1 Peter. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. And so, Christian, you bear his name and all his promises are true and will come true in your story because your story isn't over. Well, the disciples of Jesus, before they walked into the darkest valley they'd ever known, as Jesus was about to go to the cross, they heard Jesus make them a promise, and it's yours as well. Now is your time of grief, but Jesus says, I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. No one will take away your joy. Even when the fears strength gives way you're the hope that can't be taken 
can steal your joy. The best is yet to come. Every promise is yes in Christ. We can bet yes. our lives on that. Yes, we can. That was 10th Avenue North and their song, you guessed it, No One Can Steal Our Joy. And you're listening to Haven Today. As we're wrapping up this week's series, we're calling the program The Presence of Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with David Woolen. What is something you're taking away, David, from our time with Johnny this week? Well, Charles, it's just got to be Johnny's joy in Jesus. If, if you were to look at Johnny's life, having never met her or heard her story, joy is the last thing you'd expect from Johnny. It's so easy, I think, even tempting to look at people like Johnny Erickson, Tata, Charles, even other Christians that we look up to and think, I could never be like them. God doesn't work like that in my life. Well, if that's what you're thinking, stop right 
there. It's all about Jesus, his faithfulness, his goodness, his power, his presence, his nearness. He's one and the same Savior. The one that Johnny knows is the one that you know if you belong to him. And I liked it so much how Johnny put it when she said, don't think that I'm someone, a saint on a pedestal here talking as though, oh, all that's behind me now, all the afflictions back there. But every day, especially, she told us, as I get older, it gets harder and harder. But guess what? Jesus gets bigger and bigger as we seek him, which is why we all need more of Christ right now more than anything else. Hmm. That's why Johnny wrote her book, The Practice of the Presence of Jesus, which we have for you today for your gift to Haven Today. And if you're listening today on our radio station, most everybody is, then think about this. The program you just heard is airing on hundreds of radio stations as well all over North America today and around the world. It's a privilege to reach so many with the great story that's all about Jesus, and it's an opportunity and it's friends just like you who give what it takes to make that possible. You're the one who shares this precious gift with others to the glory of God. So would you make that gift right now? You can give online and request your copy of Johnny's new book at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or you can call us. Our phone lines are open, 800-65-HAVEN. Once again, that's 800-65-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wolin. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Friday. Would you come back again next week when again together we'll share the great story, a joyful story, that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wolin with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Early in February, many are curious to know about a particular groundhog in western Pennsylvania. On Groundhog Day, this furry little animal is given the opportunity to reveal whether spring is near or whether six long weeks of winter lie ahead. How do they know? They say it comes down to a shadow. At least that's the playful tradition. But nobody takes it seriously. And yet there is one thing believers should take seriously and watch for all the time. Jesus talks about it in Matthew 24, 42. Keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So, no matter the season, it's always true. Jesus is coming soon. Grow in your daily walk with Christ through Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.